Every time I walk into the Olympic Oval, I feel that not much has changed. Sure, there isn't a giant speed skiing track encircling the place, and there's more athletes, fitness enthusiasts, and the average loiterer like myself. But the giant wooden roof takes me back to when the stands were filled with eager fans cheering on their compatriots for gold medals and all-around Olympic glory. 2010 was a magical time for Vancouverites as the Olympic and Paralympic Games descended on the city for the first time. We got to see the world's best give their all on the ice, on the track, and in the slopes. I was pretty young when it all happened, but I remember how eager Canadians were to see our athletes win big here. Not only our first gold medal on home soil, but a record-setting number that ended with a climactic golden goal in hockey. It truly was a thrilling time, and I can't imagine how this place just lit up. Imagine if we could be doing it all over again. Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is RPAC, and welcome to 62 Cents, a solo podcast dedicated to discussing random topics right from the seat of my computer. So, strap in, and let's take a ride. That's right, folks. If you haven't heard the news for the last little while, a bid committee has begun to ramp up a campaign to bring the games back to Vancouver. Another chance of showing to the world a three-armed cauldron on opening night. Uh, yeah, I know. Anyway, another chance to welcome the world and host top-tier athletes from across the globe. As a sports fan, I'd definitely be excited to see another games here, and it seems that a lot of Vancouver City Council is cool with the idea too, as they have voted not too long ago to continue exploring the pros and cons of proceeding with the bid. But of course, not everyone is as ecstatic to see the Olympic flame once again light up the waterfront. These include the three councillors who voted against proceedings, with Councillor Gene Swanson, according to Global News, arguing it would divert resources and funding from issues such as homelessness in the city. Although the council has went along with diving into the Olympic plan anyway, it is still worthwhile to see where these criticisms come from and explain how the bid could nevertheless overcome such obstacles. A recurring problem with Olympic bids are the venues. All that work, all that money, only to get abandoned after games end. When you have a load of other priorities, social ones for example, it's not exactly a good use of money. Even just planning out the venues can be quite the work. This is part of the reason why Calgary, a while back, killed their bid for the Olympics, seeing how there were issues developing the new arena and stadium. It's a shame, but considering the local needs, I'd say it was a smart decision. We in Vancouver, however, still have many of the venues intact from 2010. Not only are many still in great shape, but have even hosted and continue to host sports competitions of all sorts. Now, obviously, the larger venues like BC Place and Rogers Arena, or, well, Canada Hockey Place in 2010, are still in regular use thanks to the Canucks and other clubs for which I cheer ravenously. The Whistler venues, as well, are still routine training grounds for athletes, and some of them, including the Slang Center, have hosted championships in recent years. However, since 2010, two of the venues have become well-established community centers, and a host of other events have been added to the games. The extra preparations may cause some to worry the region might overspend to accommodate these developments. The International Olympic Committee has encouraged the events to be more spread out if necessary. Although the logistics may involve some extra work, this is actually nothing new to the Games, and the IOC's endorsement of this approach would alleviate the load from the host city while utilizing resources in other regions that could benefit. In our case, and as Daily Hive said, 
We could host events in, say, Kelowna, nearly 400 kilometers away, if we need to, rather than just Metro Vancouver and Whistler. As well, another pretty notable critique of the last games surrounds the Olympic Village, thought to become affordable housing post-games. It ended up... while not doing that. The Vancouver City Councilors that were against the 2030 bid noted this as a key drawback of bringing another event of the scale to the region, as it did not do much to alleviate issues of real estate and homelessness. But John Furlong, the head of the Vancouver 2010 Organizing Committee, stated that a second Games would provide a newfound opportunity to tackle these problems. And to be honest, I agree with the statement. 2010 was our first time hosting the event, so naturally there were some things that didn't go as everyone had hoped. But with those games fresh in some of our minds, we have the chance to create a new bid that builds upon what worked, while also planning out measures to address the ones that didn't. In this case, we can lay the groundwork for a new Olympic Village that actually goes to affordable housing after the games, or another similar housing and accommodation necessity in the region. We don't need to shell out millions of dollars to live in pricey condo bathrooms for one, two, maybe five weeks. If we can learn from our past, we can plan out the future, and the future should be geared to addressing issues such as affordable housing in more effective ways. And I feel that this bid has the opportunity to do just that. It should be noted that a lot of these concerns also stem from how a lot of people feel that the Air National Olympic Committee has gone about things, engaging in commercialism and profits while not doing enough to help cities navigate the rigorous process. Keep in mind that the IOC has begun to realize these notions, seeing that in recent times, less and less cities are willing to host the games. I still remember when, for the 2022 Olympics, Oslo and Norway dropped out because they didn't want anything to do with a long list of specific demands from the IOC, which we probably won't go into detail here. The committee has since retooled the process, allowing more time and dialogue between them and prospective hosts. This is so they can take the time to plan and prepare comfortably, rather than compete and risk it all, kind of like James Bond Casino Royale. Obviously, some will probably be still sitting to the ground that the Olympics will be another burn. Now, I understand these sentiments. It seems that the Olympic Games can be compared to a wild teen party in high school your parents warn you about. Everyone wants to be there, but no one actually wants to host it, lest they end up with a load of toilet paper and a million cups lying around. But organizations are understanding and are taking steps to try and evolve with the times and changing sentiments. We have only hosted the Games once, and whatever problems we had back then, we have the opportunity to learn from that in shaping a new bit. We don't have to abandon the idea because of its faults, but instead use that as a springboard for developing new ideas on how to create a much more sustainable post-game legacy. We have the opportunity to leave a similar positive impact on a new generation of aspiring athletes and communities, one that raises them up without the typical lingering side effects. I'm sure that with glowing hearts, they plus brillant l'espoir, we can shape a games that truly reignites the passion in more ways than one.